Hello and welcome to the Velodrome Podcast. I'm Steve. Some of you know me as the Velo21 Guy, but today I'm your host on this Velodrome Podcast. So if it's your first time listening, welcome. Let me tell you a little bit about the Velodrome Podcast. So basically, if you're listening to this and you think, I'd like to have a chat with Steve, we'd love to get you on the podcast. If you're passionate about your cycling, it's all about your cycling journey. We get the guests on, we speak to them about the reasons why they cycle, how they got into it, and why they've carried on doing the sport that we all love. And once again, we've got another recreational cyclist on for you. And today, it's a little bit different because they run a cycling-related business as well, so we'll be talking to them about that. So let's delve straight in. Today we are talking to... It's Mark Hughes, a.k.a. Velo28. Hello and welcome to the Velodrome podcast. Steve, it's nice to be here. Nice to be on. Lovely. Nice to be on. Yeah, good. Thanks for coming on. I really do appreciate all the guests coming on and taking the time to to come and have a little chat with me. Um, so we always talk about how we know each other and how we've come to be on the podcast. I've, I followed you for for quite a, a while actually on instagram of course um and then one of our previous guests had had a bike fit from yourself um oh angela yeah angela um the, 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 the lovely angela not, she, now, and then what it is she's an absolute character man yeah she's an absolute character um she came in and i'll just dive straight in she came <laughs> in and she had a bike fit and just um was just friends with like Bex rides, and then you've got uh, Wixamus, and you've got um, Dean, the smiling cyclist, who's another great guy. And um, Angela came to see me from uh, where is she York, mm-hmm. and she was like, "Right, I've got this bike, uh, and I've got this big ride to do, and I can't face doing it because I can't climb hills and I can't cycle down hills." And I was like, "Right, let's just start at the beginning." And we went started with our feet. Well, if you don't start with the feet, you're wasting your time. So got our feet right, set up our cleats. Stuck on the bike, then the saddle went up massively. Then the bars were too wide, the stem was too long. So I, then I changed that saddle and I got away. I wanted to put her, and she went, Oh, this feels like a bike. This is what it will do. This is that's how it should be. You should be on this bit of metal and it should feel like it's part of you. And she went and did this three day ride. And she never com- she said she never complained, but she, she's got a thing. Um, she's got a really bad back that you can't see in a position for very long. And she says that's gone. So whatever I've done, well, I know what I've done. It's it's it's, it's fixed her. Brilliant. But yeah, and but and then she's been uh, one of my biggest supporters, which is what you what all you can ask for is that if you do a good job, that people support you. Yeah. So yeah, but I enjoy it. I, I do really do enjoy bike fitting. It makes um just makes sense when you put somebody on a push bike, and they they leave happy. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, because as you said, we, we've had her on a, a previous podcast. I think she was episode 15 off the top of my head. Um, and yeah, she was a character when I was speaking to her. But what, something we talked about your uh, the bike fitting service was something when I had my own bike fit, I'd, I'd probably been riding for about two years before I had mine. And I'd done a really long ride and I had some pain in the front of my knee. And I thought, oh, it's, I think it's time for a bike fit. And he, he raised, my saddle went up about two nearly three centimetres I think it was um, the saddle ended up going up and that was simply because I I didn't really know anything I'd kind of done a rough fit off kind of there's my leg there we go and I took it out the front and someone just said look how high your saddle is that's too high and I put it back down again but it was probably it, it was probably about right um, and then yeah rode for a couple of years but something that we mentioned to Angela and she agreed with me that I felt 
the bike felt more stable. I was more comf- it it's... wasn't rocking about. It was it was more st- and I could felt I could more comfortably do no handed. It was just like I was locked in, and I was like, "This is ice. This is now," and it's made such a difference Aye. to myself. But it, it does. It's it's the most underrated thing. I mean, people that spend like five, six thousand pounds on a bike and buy the shoes and buy the gear, and then they run around in pain. Mm-hmm. Well, spend the money, get the bike fit, have it done, and then enjoy the bit of kit you spent the money on. Yeah, it's one of the it's 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 the fundamental thing. And if you don't know how, I mean, I do bike sizing as well. So if you don't know how what size bike you want, I do the service of. Make sure you get the right size bike. Yeah, lovely. Because once you bought it, you could, once you bought it, you can. There's a certain amount of uh, room for adjustment, but there's not that much. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's one thing you touched on there. You know, you can spend thousands and thousands, as we all know, listening to this. I'm sure everyone that listens to this is a cyclist. You can spend a lot of money on a bike, and as Mark's just said, if you've not got it dialed in right, it's kind of not right for you, no matter how good the bike is yeah. you know you've got to get it right and that's such a small percentage then to pay to get that fit done and get it done right and be comfortable on the bike which is just you know I've, I've had previous guests on saying that they've had one kind of annually because as they're growing older you know they feel you know they might not have that reach or that comfort so then just dialing it back again and getting that fit right again is that something you'd recommend yourself getting one done sort of every I mean, per- periodically I mean, Every two years, okay. Um, it depends. It depends on how some people need them more because they get fitter. Yeah. If you're getting fitter and more flexible, then you can change it. You can get more air. But I mean, every two years is what you want. Okay. It's it's it, it doesn't have to be. I'm not gonna. As a business, you want everybody in every week, but that's it's never gonna happen. <laughs> but you, you've got to be realistic and think. Well, every two years, or if you buy a new bike, just because it's the same size, the geometry can be totally yeah. different, yeah. massively. Yeah. But it's it's all it's all workable and it's all doable. Lovely, lovely. So obviously we've we've dived straight in with Velo Twenty Eight, kind of without explaining all about it, really. Yeah, yeah. So where where are you? Obviously you've you've got a bit of an accent, but where where are you from and and what area do you cover? Well, I'm I come from Cromarton. Uh, well, Newcastle originally, but I live in Cromarton. Been at for too many years, twenty plus years, and um, I just work from the house. Um, got a double garage and people come and have, honestly when I started my business three years ago I never thought that anybody would come to my front door to get the bike fixed and people come all on mass the phone never stops and I've never looked back um, I got made redundant from Covid came 31st of 30, the magical day 31st of March when the world stopped and Covid came and I got made unemployed and then I had to I started a business after a um, Bumped into a friend of mine, you know the, the magical hour walk he got. Mm-hmm. Well, he couldn't get his bike into the local bike shop, and my wife said, "Well, Mark will fix it." So I fixed it. And he went, "You should start a business." So I, I did. That's brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> off, that's, off, off a recommendation. Okay. Then yeah, like uh, you, you can't say any better than that, can you? Really? So yeah. No, no I mean I've, I've been building bikes for for myself for years. I mean I've done uh, a couple of iron men, uh, and I built always I built new bikes and buy them second hand and build them up and make sure they're right. Because it makes sense in my head, um, and then it was the next, the next step. Um, I thought about it before, but never had the, never had the the. Um, wasn't was scared, but you know, you take that leap of faith. Yeah. But as I had, as I had nothing to lose, I had everything to gain. Mm-hmm. So I got an account with somebody, bought some stock, and sort of just chipped away. Brilliant. And it's, it's a living. I make a living, and I enjoy it. 
Good stuff, good yeah. stuff. So where did, obviously you said you, you were employed before COVID hit and then started the business in COVID. So where did the cycling all start for you? Obviously you must have been a cyclist prior um, to the business starting. Well, cycling started about, really about 10 years ago um, when we decided we are going to do our first triathlon, made a friend of mine. So that's when I got it, that's when I really got into push bikes. And then it's it's never sort of left me from me. I've always had a push bike. I try to get out out on whatever bike I've got at the time, uh, and try and do as much as I can. I mean, I'm a member of a few clubs, and I've got my mates that I go riding with. I mean, we go to we like to escape to Port Plenty and go ride around the island, which is always fun. But it's not all the time. But yeah, the cycling. It's, it was tri- triathlon. Triathlon got me back in the cycling. Basically, okay. that's it. So what keeps you motivated to keep going now? Oh, well, I just keep it. Uh, now, that's the, fifth, that's, the, that's the big question, isn't it? It's like, the sun's out, I want to be on my bike. It's raining, I want to be on my bike. It's blowing a hoolie, I want to be out playing on my bike. Because it's just the, the thrill of being out on two wheels. I, you can't replicate it. You can't, you can, you can't do it. it if, if you're outside, you're enjoying yourself. Yeah. But I do like to, I do like to keep fit because I like to go and I want to do bigger things. So you're saying that like you were into triathlon, is that is that your main your main thing? Do you do you race at all or? Uh, I haven't raced since uh, Alcoa since uh, Mallorca last year, um, but I got I think I second myself going all the way through winter. Um, but now after being after being and seeing what's going on now. I've got back into it. Okay, good. Nice. If that makes sort of sense. Yeah. I found that the, the, the mojo has come back. Yeah, that's it. Because um, obviously you, you were saying about seeing what, what's involved with it. Um, we discussed when we were going to record the podcast and, and I offered you a few dates and you were actually in Finland for the Ironman World Championships, weren't you? And a friend of mine went there and raced as well. But that was absolute. That was just amazing. Mm. Just to be there and do what I did. I mean, it was it was hard work, but it was really good fun. Really good fun. And let me think. The um, the pinnacle moment was when I ended up in uh, T one in the uh, in the mechanics tent fixing bikes while people are trying to get the bikes in. Mm. Um, just seeing people's faces when you fix a bike and the the look of the coming in panicking and then you just sort of calm them down, fix it, show them that it's working, and they just go away happy. Yeah. And and that's what makes me day. And then. To be allowed into T one on the on race day morning was just amazing, absolutely amazing. You just need even bikes, professionals, amateurs. Well, amateur professionals. It was just brilliant. I loved it. Yeah, brilliant. that dragged me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I've I've spoken to to a friend a couple of times only through like WhatsApp. I've not I've not seen him yet, um, and he's coming over tonight actually. So I'll get to have a good chat with him and a kind of debrief about how. He performed well. He was happy with his performance, you know, because a lot of work goes into this. And I remember speaking to him just before he went. It was like, just relax. Just enjoy, the, try and enjoy the moment rather than get too... Because obviously there's a lot of pressure involved in it, isn't there? And, you, and you, you're worried about things going wrong um, that could ruin your race. And, you know, yeah, there's a lot of... He's worked for years to get there kind of thing. And it was kind of all on that one day, if you like. I think- if it goes wrong, it goes wrong. And but the thing mm. would be because I know exactly where where he's coming from. You just want to get in, get racked, get your stuff in, done, dusted, and then turn up in the morning and get on with it. Yeah. 
And if you get a problem with your bike the day before, oh my God, it could be absolutely murder. I had a woman, um, her bike had been shipped from America. Uh, she had a TT bike and they'd snap the, um, the baseball. So we had to go source one of them and I had 45 minutes to fit this baseball, service the bike, let her test it and get her on the bus. Wow. So I had two minutes to spare and she was a happy woman. Let's put it that way. Yeah. But it was just like, it just you've got it. It's just got to be done and you, I, you just don't get a choice. Yeah. Good stuff. Miracles, minor miracles made easy. <laughs> that's it, that's it. So, have you got any any races at all booked in? Have you got anything like, right, okay, I'm getting back on this and I'm going to have a go? Well, I've got back in the pool. I've started soon again. I'm going back to Park Run. I bought a TT bike. It's on the turbo trainer. I've got I've got aspirations of doing another half iron man. Mm. I've got aspirations of doing another full iron man. Don't ask me why. I'm sure my wife's going to divorce me, but that's another story. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think we're going to next year have a go at having another half iron man. Mm. But I do like I, I, I do like to go bike cycling. I like the Fred Whitten. That was fun. Yeah, to say the least. That's it. And um, anything anything sort of a bit nuts. Okay, okay. So what's what's the biggest challenge you've ever done on on the bike? That was the Fred. The Fred. Yeah. That was the Fred, that was the day and a half, that's when you got the mile 113 and you prayed to, just prayed to be back in the tent and it took, that last mile was forever. I felt like I was going backwards. <laughs> it, was it was really nice, but it was really horrible. Yeah, yeah. I do, I do understand that. It's 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 a weird thing, isn't it? So, like you're saying, it was, it was a horrible time and like you say, that, that last mile, you felt like you were going backwards. It's like the worst thing. You just want to get off the bike. Once it's done and completed, you're like, oh, when's when's the next one then? <laughs> yeah, you do. You go. I'm never going to cross the finish line. Go, I'm never doing it again. I'm never doing it again. Then you go. Mm, hang on, I'm just going to sign up for this one. I'm sure that'll be fine. I'll get round for that one. Yeah. I'll just start training again. Yeah. It's more. The race is irrelevant. It's the, it's all the training you put in beforehand that that really makes the difference. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And the the, the Fred Whitten, it's it's what. Uh, 112, 113 mile, isn't it? And it, but it's about eleven thousand feet of climbing. Is that right? Something around that sort of ballpark. Give it, yeah. give it to you. Well, let, the first four miles you vote, you're already starting to climb. And <laughs> I'll never forget that because I fell off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I did that happen. I ran out. Of, I ran out of gears. Oh. oh no, I didn't. What did I do? I went up a hill and I um, totally cocked the gear change up. You know when you, you know when you think you're going to get good great guns and you go. From the big ring to the small ring, mm. too fast. Well, I lost the chain on the front, and then it stopped. And I just went, "Oh, I'm going to fall off." And then the ditch I went mm. and started again. Yeah, that's it. Good stuff. Because there's some big climbs on that, isn't there? And it, it's it's like you know you can do certain events where you've got nice rolling hills, and there's plenty of climbing. But if it's rolling, it's not too bad. But then there's some big nasty oh. climbs in that, isn't there? That, that are tough, tough climbs. And then when you're doing a hundred miles plus. That's a tough day anyway. And then adding all those kind of 30, 40 minutes worth of going uphill is just... It's just horrendous. Yeah. It's horrendous because the person in front of you gets off and walks and you think, oh, if they're walking, I've got to walk. Yeah. And then you get around the corner and it's flattened off and you're like, well, why did I stop? Yeah. It makes no sense. But no, I, I do like a good... I do like... I like hills. Yeah. I do like hills. Okay. So are you, are you quite good on the hills then are you quite confident on the hills or is it more just a case of like you, you enjoy the pain of the climb I, I think it's just the pain of the climb 
I would probably enjoy them more if I was a stone lighter, but that's another story altogether. Mm. I'm sure as a cyclist, we could all do with being lighter. Yeah, that's it. It always helps, doesn't it? It always helps. And that, that's the other motivation as well, I mean, if I'm, if I'm doing more cycling, more um, activities, then, of course, I'll keep the weight off. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So how's your cycling going for you at the moment? Are you on, like, a target mileage, or is it just kind of as and when you do it? It's an as and when. Um, like I say, I've just got I've got back onto cycling as much as I like to, so I'm on the turbo trainer. But I do have a gravel bike, and I do like to go out and fly around the trails. Um, and we've got a caravan that we walk with, and I do enjoy it's 26 miles. It's off-road. I enjoy it. It takes about two hours to get there, and it's it's up and down. And it's nice. It's just nice to be out and about. But I could, we were doing a Sunday morning where we went out for a spin, but I need to get, I just need to get back into it. Mm. Like I say, the mojo left us, and then I, I keep, I keep doing, I keep working, but I keep seeing all these beautiful bikes, and I think to myself, I must get back on the bike. And so I have made a decision, and I have started. Mm. Good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, because speaking about seeing all those beautiful bikes, there was a post on your Instagram the other day about all the bikes that you kind of worked on over the the Finland weekend, and there was some lovely stuff there. There was. Thousands, hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of bikes <laughs> scrolling through that last post that you did it was just absolutely phenomenal it was just the exotic you think of a bike I think there was one there mm. I mean I've seen stuff I've, I've, had, I've had my hands on stuff that I've never seen before and the, the funny part is you've got people taking their, their bikes out of the boxes and then they're trying to put them together without a torque wrench mm. so they were in a room with me and I was going just let's just stop for a second can you just step away from your push bike I've got a torque wrench let me put it together just back off from the bike, will you? <laughs> right, and then they go, they go out, they come back and go, right, this, it, it's fine, it works. It, it, it's, you say, well, it, it does now because um, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. I've, got, I've got this thing, I do for a job, that's what I'm here. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And off they go, and they, they race, they come back, and they're happy. Yeah. So that's that's all I can ask for. But, I mean, people with a lot, like, really exotic stuff, that just don't have a, just don't have a clue what to do with it. Yeah, yeah, which is a shame sometimes, you know, it's, it's that thing that, you know, you want to buy the best equipment and the best kit, but something we touched on earlier in the podcast is it's got to be right as well. You know, you've got to get that fit right. You've got to get everything right for you. And, you, you know, you've got to know what, what you do or give it to someone who knows what they're doing so it's set up right. That's it. There's, there's plenty of fantastic biomechanics out there who do really fantastic jobs. And we're all in the same boat. It's what we do. We've got the kit. We've got the knowledge. We've got the experience. We've had the training. Um, I mean, some of it, some of the stuff you get into is a bit weird and wonderful. And um, but it's it's just you just got to take a time and put it together. But some people are just very heavy handed with their own stuff, and some people won't touch it. Mm. But there is a lot of bike people that own bikes that know an awful lot of stuff as well. Yeah, because I'm kind of in the realms of. I don't like doing certain jobs. I'll do the basics, um, like new chain, new cassette, that kind of thing. I'll, I'll whip that on. But if it's bottom bracket and stuff, I'm just like, I ain't, I'm not touching that. Okay. I haven't got the tools for that. Um, and the cost that it, it cost me to get the right tools to do that job, I think I might as well give it to someone else that I trust a bit more than, than me doing it kind of thing. That's the kind of level of my mechanical knowledge and stuff. But there's, there's enough, and I, and I respect that. I, I like people that have a goal, and I like people just to say, well, I've, I've put the chain on, 
And, and they say, right, you've done it perfectly. And the cassette's on. Can the gears work? That's brilliant. That's fantastic. I'll do the bits you don't want, but I'll also do the bits that you, you can't, haven't got time to do. There's no, I don't look at a bike and go, oh, I'm going to, it wants this, this, and this. I'll say, right, it'll, it'll want. Some people will say, to, well, it, it could do with this, this, and this, but you're going to do it. So I'll do that bit, and then you can continue the rest yourself, mm-hmm. which is how you build a customer base and, and have people that, that sort of trust what you do. So with Velo 28, are you more um, the mechanic side of things rather than the, the fitting side of things? Was it more about that? Is that where it mainly started then? As you said, you, you fixed a friend's bike and then it all started from there. Yes, um, I was very much the mechanic side for, and I still am very much the mechanic side. Um, I started, um, so like I say, three years ago, I went to the place called the Bike Inn and that would be in Got my last of my qualifications, so I know. So and then off I went, and then yeah. But you learn as you go. You learn an awful lot when you're doing stuff all the time. Um, and then I got into bike fitting about two years ago ish. People coming in with bikes that were just you could just see that they weren't right at all. So I did a couple of courses on bike fitting. Um, with a guy called John Dennis up here who had um, physio house. And he'd been out sky and he'd been round. He's a really good fitter. Um, and then I. February, I set my studio up, and I've never looked back. Mm-hmm. It's just a constant supply of people, and the studio's doing far better than I ever thought it was going to do. Um, and I made the decision last month that I was going to stick at it, because it was like a six-month sort of suck it and see, and it's working. Good stuff. It's working. But I've got lots of, lots of repeat, I've got not, not repeat customers, well, I do get repeat customers, because you do a bike fit, and then you do a, you get to fix a bike. Mm-hmm. But I get an awful lot of recommendations of other people saying, go and see more, yeah. go and see more. Yeah. Especially Angela. I think she must tell everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody. Obviously, like you said, we've had her on the podcast and she was really singing your praises um, on the podcast. And, and, you know, and I've had other, I think, as I touched on at the start, where I started following you, I think it was from uh, Beck Rides Bikes that yep. um, I followed her for quite a while. And, off the back of her feet was when I started following yourself. Um, and yeah, I followed you for obviously that amount of time. Where does the name uh, Velo 28 come from? Now then, this is a good one. Mm-hmm. So you've heard of the Keeper of the Cogs, mm-hmm. the Illuminati of push, of, of bicycles. Well, I was going to start, I was going to sell cycling socks. So r- rule number 28 is your socks are going to be a certain colour, a certain length. And I thought, right, so what's the French and Italian for bike? It's Velo, so Velo 28. And that's where Velo 28 came from. And then um, when I started my bike business, they were all going, oh, it's Mark's bikes, it's Hughes' bikes, or Cramlington bikes, or and I went, it's Velo 28. Mm-hmm. It sounds exotic. It is exotic. And it sounds, and it's brilliant. And it's just me. Yeah. As it, everywhere, as you'll see that most of the photographs that go anywhere in the world have usually got my logo on because it's just me. Yeah. Brilliant, because obviously I, me. I run a very similar named business, um, Velo 21, um, and that comes from obviously the French for for uh, bike and the number of stages in the Grand Tour, um, and I've, I've, I feel like I've done quite well saying Velo 28 to you um, every time that it's it's almost <laughs> going to slip out, <laughs> and I'm going to say the wrong one. Um, but yeah, I always find that quite interesting how people think of their business name obviously it's a very personal thing to do it's a very difficult thing to do to get that right fit 
for yeah. your business as well. Um, so it's always quite interesting that, and I do quite like the the, the rules as well. That it's uh, the sock rules. I did. I never thought of that. There's, is there fifty rules in there? Is there something like fifty odd? In there? Give it, give it. Take something like that. In there. Yeah, yeah. So that's interesting then. That's interesting. So yeah, let's give it um, a bit more of a shout out then. So obviously you can find you from um, Instagram if you search Velo Twenty Eight. Are you under Velo Twenty Eight Bike Fitting Service? Or is it... Just Velo Velo Twenty. If you put Velo Twenty Eight Bike Services in, it pops up, and you can you can't miss us on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, hear me before you see me. Okay. <laughs> and then also, have we got websites and things we can? Yeah, we've got the, uh, the velo28.uk. Yeah. Um, and then it's on Facebook as well, and I'm on TikTok. I'm on Twitter as velo28s. Not that I go much on Twitter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do all the socials. Lovely. Oh, I, I should rephrase that. My marketing manager, which is my eldest daughter, she's um, she's the marketing manager. Oh, that's okay. There's always one of those, isn't there? That's a, a family member somewhere that gives you a, a helping hand with the socials. That's it. Well, that's a dinosaur, apparently. Oh. I just fix things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fix things and take photographs. She's always saying, Dad, 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 whatever you do, take a photograph, take a video, I'll make it work. Just do it. Yeah. And I'm like, right, okay. That's it. That's it. Lovely. So we move on um, to the last few questions that we, we like to ask all our guests. Um, which is, are you a calf stop cyclist? I am probably the worst coffee stop cyclist. Okay. Because I know where, I know where all the coffees are, and I'm usually the one that's complaining, saying, come on, stop and get a cup of coffee, because I'm desperate for a cup of coffee, I need a cup of coffee. So And they go, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so is that when you're in a group, or solo? Do you tend to stop solo as well, or is it just the group stop? I just stop. You just stop. <laughs> just stop. I say, I go, hmm, I'm going in this direction. I know that coffee shop's there and I like their coffee. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I think they do my favourite fruit scones. Okay. I'm going there. Yeah. That's that's how easy I am. So what? I'm easy, I'm easy pleased. What coffee are you having? Are you having something exotic or are you just quite simple with it? I like a latte. Oh, okay. I like a latte. I like a latte. Dead easy. And if, and if I'm having a scone, it's got to have raspberry jam. Raspberry jam fruit scone. Yeah, great. That's it. So I, I've spoke about this on the podcast before that I always write these down and I don't know why everyone that I've interviewed, I've always got this, the paper with the questions on and I always write down the answers for the for the, for the the calf stop and it's something I've always done and I'll continue to do. So I've got everybody's answers that we've interviewed on the podcast in your episode 22, I think, off the top of my head. Um, so yeah, if we've got a few building up now. Um, we spoke a little bit about this before we hit record. Um, dream bike, money, no object. Well, you see, the problem with bikes is it, they're very much it's you've got to find something that works for you, and you could buy a Pinarello dog mate, you can have the best bike in the world, but if it's not the one for you, it's not the one for you. So, my dream bike that I've Strip that I got given a BSA Tour de France. It's from 1974. It's the same age, it's slightly older than I am, and it came with all the bit. It came original in a right state. So I got it and I stripped it down and shop blasted it and it's repainted. It's back to its original sort of like off gold, off gold color, and it's 
chrome on it. It's got an old Brook Brown Brook saddle. I've put new bars on because they were too thin. I've put extended uh, put new stem on it, new wheels on it. I found some original uh, mud guards. It's got new pedals on because SPDs are far better than the uh, the flat um, the flat pedals with the the, the, the serrated metal on that, want, that wants to take your shins off when they come off. Oh my god! And and that's my that's my bike. Yeah, that's my. If you see, there's a photographs of me on that bike, and I think I don't think I'm ever ever as happy. I mean, it's got the, the shifters on the top tube. It's my bike that I do with the Great North Bike Ride on. Or if it's a really sunny day and we're going to take a ride down to Colour Coats for a cup of coffee, that's the bike I go on. It turns heads, and I love it. Mm. Brilliant. Just love it. Mm. I'd love it. If I lost it, I cr- if I lost it, I'd cry. Uh, yeah. I'd, that's how much I love it. I'd love an, a bit of an older bike. Um, I think as well, just as a, a kind of winter plod along, or like you say, like a nice cafe run yes. bike like a real retro one maybe like a Mercs that he rode at the, the time you know like a replica oh, one of those or something like that that's just you know quite an iconic one um, just to have a little tootle about on that I think that'd be lovely especially like we're having some glorious weather um, all this week actually it's forecast for, for quite nice or pretty much all over the UK it'd be nice just to have a little uh, tootle out poodle. yeah that's it poodle, a poodle on a classic that's well it. I've got another I've, I've just I've been given another uh, old frame. I've got an old Joe Wolf that I've, I've managed to get all the bits for, and I've found a, the, the 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 correct year group set, mm. and I've got a set of period wheels. So that's going to go get shot blasted and painted and put on the road, and that'll be another one that I take out occasionally. Yeah. But it lives in the back shed with the rest of them. That's the problem. This is the biggest problem with having a bike shop, right? I've been bike repairs. Is there's too many nice bikes come in, and then you get too tempted to buy another one. It's fatal. It's absolutely fatal. So, how many have you got all together? Uh, eleven. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I've got eleven. I've got eleven. So, obviously, there's there's some that get rid of it, some that do, some that don't. Mm. I, I need to thin it down a bit, but um, I just haven't got the heart to get rid of them. Mainly all road bikes, or do you have a mix? Is there any mountain bikes? Any cross? Any? Oh, I've got. Um, I've got. I've got a re I've got a nineteen eighties old Marin um aluminium uh dual suspension mountain bike that I got given in a rebuild. I've got two old classics, I've got four road bikes, I've got two gravel bikes, um I've got a winter bike, I've got a TT bike. I, I sound like I'm really spoiled, but I'm not. Those are all these are all old things that I've got my hands on and, and rebuilt. So um a big stolen borrow for some of the parts. Yeah. Yeah, but um, but the main and all of them. Yeah, the only the only if you if the dream bike normally would be I had a I had a Cannondale Card Twelve, and the um the seat tube snapped on it, mm. and that was that was the bike that I loved the most, and I've replaced it with something else, and it's just not the same. Okay, just not the same. Yeah, yeah. So you didn't go for another Cannondale then when you re- replaced that other one? No, I went mad. I bought it to Fossey. I bought it to Fossey frame. Okay. And then swap the components over and, and run around and run, run, run around on it, but it's just not there. Okay. It's not the same as the Canadian. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Ah, uh, that's a shame. That's a shame. So if we could pop you anywhere in the world now to go cycling, where would you go? Oh, that's very easy. Port of Plenty. Ah, oh, lovely. Port of, anywhere in the island. I'd cycle, I'd cycle that island all day if I could. There's not a bad road. There's not a bad cafe. 
the weather's always good. Well, I mean, I've sackcloth, right? You, you can do sackcloth in the rain, in the snow, in the. I could do it all day long. Mm. I just love being there. We the, the 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 dream, the next major part of my business is to do cycling tours over there. That's that is the next thing to do. I haven't got a clue. As with everything I do, I haven't got a clue how I'm going to do it. And something will fall into place. I'll meet the right guy at the right time, and it'll go. It'll push forward. But that's really, really, really what I really want to do. So yeah, um, it's been a lot of fun having you on, Mark. Uh, I do appreciate you coming on, as I said at the start. And yeah, I'll uh, always thank the guests for coming on and taking your time out your day to have a little chat with me and um, have a podcast episode. Thank you very no, much. No, thank you. If you if you if you weren't doing this, then we wouldn't have it. That's it. And That's, it, it. That's one way to look at it. Yeah, and I've probably, I'm enjoying them all so far. And long may continue. Yeah. Lovely. Thanks, mate. It's been a no, thank you very much. That was great speaking to Mark there. What a lovely chap he is. Um, absolutely brilliant. And um, one of the other things that I love about this is that he listened to a previous podcast from the back of, obviously, as we talked about in the podcast, from Angela when he gave her a bike fit. He was mentioned in a previous podcast. He DM'd me. He's been on the podcast. So it's as simple as that. If you've listened to this podcast and you thought, I'll have a chat with Steve, DM me. Send me a DM on Instagram. Best way to get hold of me is velo double underscore 21. That's velo double underscore 21. The, the account with the blue tick. So you know you're speaking to the right person. Send me a DM and we'll see if we can get you on the podcast. We'd love to talk to you about your cycling journey. So I love that about this episode. And the other thing I loved was the business side of things that it came out of nowhere, really, just out of lockdown, that he, you know, spoke, bumped into someone in the street that said they couldn't get it, their bike in for servicing. And his other half said, well, Mark can do that for you. And then it started from there and he's doing it full time now. And he said he was giving it sort of six months and he'd try and go back to something else. But... You know, it's kind of fate, really. He was unfortunately made redundant, and then this has all happened. So it's been great for him, really, and I think that's absolutely brilliant. So I do love that. Thanks for coming on, Mark. It was an absolute great episode. Great chatting to you. I thank you for listening. I've been Steve, the Velo 21 guy. We'll catch you soon. <laughs>